I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Batter Welcome back to A Pod of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig. This is episode 46 of A Pod of Their Own, and I am joined this week by my co-host, Linda Surovich. Hi, Linda. Hey, Allison. And we are also joined by Ginny Searle of Baseball Prospectus. Hi, Ginny. Thank you for joining us. Hey, how's it going? Um, so we have we have <laughs> Ginny on this week um, to talk about all things baseball, even though there's not baseball happening, as we all know. Um <laughs> But, you know, we, we we continue to soldier on, as they say. Um, you know, sometimes we just do things. I I was told by a friend yesterday that it's kind of hard to give an answer to the question of how are you right now? Because, like, you know. So yeah. I feel like it's kind of the same thing. We're going to talk about baseball, even though it's like, eh, no baseball. No baseball. And, yeah, I, like, I had one of those days yesterday where I just, like, was not feeling mentally great and like I had no real reason for it but I just have to accept that like this is kind of our new normal now where you just have days where you don't feel all that great and because of everything (laughs) it points at everything (laughs) right gesticulates wildly at everything (laughs) um but yeah, we're we're still trying to, you know, soldier on and talk about um, baseball related things because there are tidbits of news that trickle down every once in a while. Um, but, 
now that um, there's really not much baseball news to talk about, um, it leaves us a lot more time to talk about, you know, personal stories and fandom stories. Um, so we've been uh, asking our guests lately um, how they became baseball fans and their sort of baseball fan origin stories. So, Ginny, how did you be- get into baseball? Um, so, you know, as a kid, I definitely had a pretty solid interest in baseball. Uh, I grew up in Orange County, uh, and I was, uh, I believe six years old when the Angels won the uh, World Series in 2002. And, you know, that's one of those things that's just kind of indelible. Um, I remember I was, you know, like I said, I think I was six and, uh, yeah, I would have been six. And, um, in, um, you know, that last game, the, they won the seventh game. And we, you know, we lived not not particularly close to the stadium at that time, probably at least, you know, at least 12 miles. I think of it as a 30-minute drive, but that's not, you know, exactly the same thing around here. And, um, you know, I remember that my, my dad had us all, like, walk outside and, like, was like, be quiet. And you could literally hear this, this, the fans. And I don't know, maybe it was, it could have been people somewhere else cheering, but we thought it was the stadium and that was one of the things that just stuck with you. So in terms of uh, a foundation for baseball, I think just kind of being really into baseball, I went to spring training multiple times as a kid, uh, stuff like that. And then um, probably right around, you know, in adolescence, I just kind of fell off of that. And then um, in at kind of the end of college and uh, the beginning of grad school, um, Actually, when my mental health was not in the best place, I kind of returned to baseball in a lot of ways because I think that it was one of the things that, you know, really educating myself about advanced statistics and kind of this whole new, um, this whole new way from which to look at the game, I think kind of helped me get out of my own head in a way and helped me, you know, it helped me feel as if I had a, a different outlet than the sort I was typically having at the time in terms of, you know, not it being, it being you know, markedly different from academic endeavors, which, uh, Allison, you might be able to relate to potentially. Yes. Um, so, um, yeah, that's kind of how I, you know, kind of a, there was a lacuna there, but I got back into it. Yeah, as someone who definitely has a similar story when it comes to graduate school and baseball being a mental health escape, and I, it's I can definitely that resonates with me a lot because I definitely also was always a baseball fan throughout my entire youth and throughout high school I was really into it, but I never cared about the um, advanced statistics or saver metrics part of the game until I got to graduate school and it it helped me look at the game differently and it gave me a new way to appreciate the game similar to what you said. So I definitely relate to that for sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think it also was very helpful to kind of be able to try to find communities online and just, you know, I have friends who I talk about with baseball, about baseball in person with as well, but I think that that can tend to, as it might be for a lot of people, be a little bit of a, a disconnect in terms of how you know not everyone sees the game through the same lens and not every, and, and so it might be a little bit different how you know you know how you see the game in an online view versus you know when you're talking about it you know with just friends or I know a lot of people and this is similar with me for some people for sure just don't talk about baseball much at all with their friends um, and it's just kind of something that's segmented online which I think is interesting. 
Yeah, I think during the during a, the similar phase of my life when I was starting to get into sabermetrics, it, it kind of coincided with me get, becoming more online, as they say. Um, <laughs> yeah, because in high school Wait, I was in grad school became going online a lot. Yeah, <laughs> becoming weird. online in grad school. Hmm. Yeah, because in high school as a teenager I wasn't very online actually. Um, so no, I yeah. Um, I don't think the online really existed when I was in high school. <laughs> when I was a teen, but I won't go there. <laughs> it definitely existed, but it was like, you Not know. Not in the current form. It, like, you really had to, like, like the GeoCities website. <laughs> this was still when it was Al Gore's internet. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say live journal. <laughs> Oh, that too. <laughs> I never had a live journal. I never had that most, either. I mean, it's not that I didn't go online in high school. It's just that most of my time was spent on fanfiction.net. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually spent a fair... My my adolescent online uh, presence was mostly spent on uh, on music forums, actually. Like, okay, like fandom, cool. like band fandoms. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like I got away. I I like got away from that in my adulthood. Not that I don't like music now. I still do. It's just not something that I uh, interact with online. And now I interact a lot more with baseball online, whereas I didn't at all as a teen. Um, what uh, what bands? Um, Green Day mostly. <laughs> oh, okay, for sure. Yeah, like the Idiot Club was like the big mid thousands uh, online Green Day forum, and I was very active on that. <laughs> uh, that's I, was, good. I was more Buffy. That's what I was involved in. Ooh, Buffy fandom. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, that was the Buffy fandom for me. But I wasn't really into like the bands or anything. I was more of like the TV and stuff, and yeah, Buffy was the big one. It was um, Green Day fan uh, fan boards and uh, Harry Potter fan boards. That was uh, yeah, I mostly um, mostly it was MCR for me. Um, it was right around the Danger Days era in in high school, um, which yep. I think was their last full album, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, that's kind of that, and yeah, a lot of Harry Potter as well, unfortunately, shamefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the amount of Harry Potter fan fiction I've consumed is an embarrassment. I mean, there were lots of other ones as well, just... Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah, when I got to grad school, I, I, like, coinciding with becoming more aware of sabermetrics, I also, like, when I was a kid, I felt like baseball was always, even though I was, I, I wouldn't necessarily say I was more or less of a passionate fan when I was younger than I am now. It's just a different type of fandom. Like, when I was younger, baseball was always, like, a family affair. Like, it was about family um it was about being close with my dad um and that's still true now I'm not saying that's gone away but like I feel like the community aspect that you mentioned Ginny is is has definitely like grown in my adulthood um and that wasn't really a part of it when I was younger um just the online community that I've fostered and through you know first in the comments of Amazing Avenue and then writing and so forth so yeah, well, I feel like fun. that's also part of growing up. Like you kind yeah. of reach out and you kind of make your own path. You reach out to different people, so you, your fandom would change. I would think. Yeah. Um, well, and I think. Go ahead. Jenny, I think sorry. one of kind of I think one of the challenges that we have right now is, you know, everyone has you know a lot of people that 
are missing that are listening a lot of people that you know are reading stuff at based off perspective stuff like that they're people who do have these kind of online vectors that they come at the game from and you know i think the real challenge right now is how to you know not how, how to utilize those to create positive connections right now in the absence of baseball which is kind of what everything was um was pivoting around previously and i you know obviously we are hoping it comes back to that but you know timelines yeah yeah it's it's true it's like i felt like we had this you know it was the thing that we scaffolded off of like obviously conversations would um go off in various different tangents depending on what base what was happening in baseball at the time and they would touch other topics but baseball was always the scaffold we came back to and now that's sort of missing so it's kind of like what do we talk about that ties us together um Aside from just missing baseball. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, at least that's something we all share. Yeah. Like sitting by a window, kind of just waiting. But there's yeah. nothing. And so like, you know, at Amazing Avenue and obviously like at a bunch of other sites too, not just us, we've had to come up with creative ways to engage the community. And we've made posts of that where all the writers recommend our favorite TV shows and movies and like other things. And we had a get to know members of the community where it's like, tell us about yourself since we only know you through most of you through (coughs) screen names and stuff like that. Tell us about you. Um, You know all about us. Tell us more about you. And Chris made a post the other day that was just like, how are you doing? Are you okay? (laughs) Tell us. So you're telling me your name is not actually magic horse cat. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> you never know. No judgment. No judgment. If it is, I mean, I think it's kind of a cool name. But... It is. Like to lead, I'm not change my name to Magic Horse Cat. <laughs> is that like a first, middle, last deal, or first or one name word? Magic, middle name Horse, last name Cat? Okay. Right. All right. That works. <laughs> cat, comma Magic, H. <laughs> Call me Magic, Doctor. my father. <laughs> Mr. Magic is my father. <laughs> um, but anyway, Jenny, how did you get into, um, how did you sort of transition from fan to writer to editor? Tell us more about that. Um, so I, um, mainly I just kind of, I started writing just kind of some things on my own about baseball when I, you know, kind of in a period where I was um, a little bit transitioned um, away from graduate school and trying to work more of I doing freelance stuff and uh, stuff of that nature. And um, I kind of just started thinking, like, I think this was around 2018, near the in the postseason, end of the season, I just kind of started writing some stuff and put it up on um on I think just one of my own personal sites and I'm I'm sure I t- I've taken it down because I don't know about you guys but I dislike reading my writing without oh yeah we're, we're, we're 30 seconds there. after it leaves the hand yeah it's awful um, yeah <laughs> um so anyways those are pro- the, the articles that I wrote just kind of independently are probably gone now but um the um I Patrick Dubuque who uh is uh, back again, thankfully, at Baseball Perspectives after he had been on a hiatus. Um, he reached out to me and just asked me if I wanted to 
uh, start working with some stuff in the, their bullpen, which is just kind of where um, where articles can be pitched and stuff like that. And um, I got on a transaction analysis kind of beat uh, a little bit after that and uh, just kind of ended up picking up some more things along the way at Baseball Prospectus and, uh, yeah, then transitioned to editing back in, um, I want to say, October and, uh, yeah, been, you know, doing some writing as well or trying to with uh, the shutdown of everything, (laughs) trying to continue doing that. Um, But, yeah, that's kind of been how I've gotten to where I am, uh, abbreviated. So, originally I can't remember if baseball did it but I remember you know a couple other I think no hockey did it they made reporters stand six feet away from the players and they kind of yeah okay well they had that but also they they closed the lot that was pretty much the first thing that MLB did was uh close the locker rooms to uh to reporters in general yes so do you think yeah, do you think that's going to change? Do you think that's going to be the norm after this is over? Do you think anything else might change when, I don't know what normal will look like after this, but um, do you think this will affect sports writing going forward? Um, so, short answer, I think definitely it's going to have a big effect, but I think in terms of a more, uh, more granular look, I think that... Um, I think that one of the main things that pretty much any industry is dealing with right now is basically any plans you had, especially if they were ones for kind of the immediate spring and now looking into summer future, they're just kind of out the window. And you have to also contend with the fact that whenever we get back to a place that feels more normal, it's probably going to be in a markedly different um, economic situation and it's going to be obviously something that has had a big mental effect on a lot of people the situation so I think that there's a lot of ways in which you have to consider how you know how the future is going to look but at the same time you know I think that what sports leagues are dealing with just as well as sports writers are dealing with is you also need to be trying to do something now and you know I probably have a bias here but I definitely think that sports writers are working um working a little bit more comprehensively to try to continue pushing out content and things for people to consume. I think that I personally feel like the offerings from not just MLB, but pretty much every sports league have been pretty lacking. Um, I think that, you know, there's only so many live streams of people playing the video game versions of themselves that people care about. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which has been around for a while. The leagues could have really tried to get into that years ago if they cared about it. And, um, but I just think that, you know, the problem with not knowing when to go back is that you can't even really try to, try to remake your plans. You have to just kind of content yourself to doing things on the fly for a while. And especially when, you know, something like sports writing, where you kind of have been depending on this, um, depending on this you know, this, um, this harmonious relationship between, you know, your organization and the league, you kind of, you know, and this is just speaking broadly about the sports writing industry, you expect, um, 
you expect the you know you don't expect sports to go away so you have this really stable basis to the whole industry that's kind of not there right now and you have you can't just wait for it to come back the way that you know those leagues have a privilege of waiting longer because you know their MLB well you know there's a lot of reasons that they leagues can kind of wait it out when and say we're going to bring back games then but you know in the time being everyone still has to do con you know create content everyone still has to do all of that so I think that it's a really really difficult time in terms of sports writers having to struggle with something that a lot of people didn't contend that much you know this is you know this is you know you could draw you can't even really draw an analog to a strike or anything like that because obviously it's an entirely different situation in an infinite number of ways but particularly there you know it's there would still be continuous updates from anything like that you know and this Mm -hmm. obviously there are continuous updates on the news front but not particularly on the news via the lens of sports front so it's a very long answer but I just think that it's 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 hard yeah and I think part of the interesting wrinkle in all of this is that I feel like sports writing had been increasingly moving toward the subscription-based model um like obviously that's what that's what baseball prospectus has um and the rise of things like the athletic um you know a subscription-based model where you pay to get the better content. Um, and that is, you know, suffering right now because who's subscribing to websites about sports when there isn't sports? It's really hard for these sites to keep going um, and they're struggling. Um, and I mean, even obviously sites that operate for free as well, there's only so many ad buys that can get them through this. So yeah, it, it's it's hard. It's really hard. Right. Um, on that note, do you think, what are your thoughts on whether baseball will happen this year? Do you think it's going to happen? And what are your thoughts on the various plans that have been thrown about, of which there was a new one, I believe, today or yesterday? Yes, it was today. Um, you know, yeah, they're definitely coming up with new plans a lot. That's one thing you can definitely say the leagues are continuing to uh to produce um is plans and um i just think it you know i understand that the leagues are going to have to continue trying to think about that but whenever these things get to us and i think you know this is um this is something that you wonder about for a lot of cases going back to pre previous to all of this i think that there's a similar thought with um with the changes to the playoff format that we had heard about the proposal what feels like you know a year ago um but was in actuality like a month and a half i think two months (laughs) remember when we were gonna have a a playoff selection show and that was gonna be a thing do you guys remember right in the before times yeah (laughs) right that's that so my point with that is like you i think the assumption with that was you hear about that because the league feels like it's in a relatively advanced stage such that they're okay with people hearing about it and if that's the case for any of these, of these, which obviously it might not be, it might just more be that people really want information and that it just more happens that more gets out. But if it were to be the case that any of these are plans that are, you know, trying to be pushed forward right now, then I think that there's a, a lot of reasonable concern because, you know, I'm not a scientist, but I, I don't think we're there right now. I don't think many people would think we are there. And, you know, so I think it, if these are if it's good to know that the league is trying to plan for the future but 
I think that there are certain things that make you question whether the league can be trusted and whether, and this is any sports league, not even just MLB, just whether any sports league can be trusted with coming back in a fashion that's responsible. Yeah. Yep. That's kind of my way of looking at it too. Um, is what's their goal? Is it to make money? Is it the fan safety? Is it the player safety? Or, I mean, knowing some of these owners, like <laughs> Will Ponds, <clears throat> um, it might be, you know, they might be looking at their bottom line, seeing it go down towards red and prioritize that over, you know, the safety of their players. And um, plus they're already talking about the players taking a pay cut and, so I don't, I just, I think this is all going to get worse before it gets better. And I mean, you have the Wilpons out here, in the case of the Mets specifically, you have the Wilpons out here leaking to the press that the Mets are bleeding money at this time. Mm-hmm. And they're desperate and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, I mean, I, I 100% believe that the Wilpons personally are in a desperate financial situation because that's been known for a long time. But to insist that the Mets are, you know, bleeding millions and millions of dollars when you know full well that if baseball were to come back this year in some form or another, that the TV revenue would more than make up for what they lose in, you know, ticket revenue. It's it's absurd. It's in ba- it's a bad faith argument. But well, it is, and, you know, with the Wilpons doing something that's a bad look is not surprising. But, um, <laughs> you know, just coming out and being like, we're bleeding money. Well, you know, welcome to the the club of society right now, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's bleeding money. And also, like, yeah. I just find it amusing that, you know, the Lakers were designated a small business. Oh, and so God. they got the... Oh, my God. I, I didn't even read about that because I just... I, I saw the headline and, like, the little beginning of it. And I was like, I can't do this. There's so many things to be mad about in baseball. I, I know. They gave the money back. They gave the money they back. They did. To their credit. <laughs> like Shake Shack did. But like... You know ridiculous. if the Mets got it, they wouldn't be giving it back. Oh, they would not. No, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I mean, they, they would totally accept that they're a small business. <laughs> yeah. We're a small business. Well, look how many employees we have. Yeah. We only employ 20, 25 players. And 26. 26. 26. There's 26. <laughs> uh, geez. Yeah. Well, what if 25 is a cap? oh god yeah it's 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 yeah when you have when you have james dolan on the committee to reopen new york you know you know that they are um prioritizing money over over safety i'll just put it that way yeah i already feel my like blood pressure going up consider just thinking of james dolan and jeff wilpine discussing anything uh, i i just uh, i can't wrap my brain around it and james dolan was the only owner out of every nba team who wanted to keep playing until they were told to shut down of course the he was only one so that's who's in charge of this right now it's yeah it's upsetting and jeff wilpon yeah and Maybe i there's mean something else in the water in new york other than um bagel Bagel <laughs> stuff. I wish it was just bagels. Bagel essence. Essence of bagels and essence of bad decision making. Right, <laughs> essence of bad billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> ay, ay, essence ay. of greed. <laughs> yeah, it's 
I mean, at least that's alliterative. Essence of bad, ba- bad billionaire and bagels. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the three. <laughs> I <bills>. like that. <laughs> yep. I yeah I it's it's unfortunate as as someone who both is a scientist and works in state government and is trying desperately to do the right thing amidst all of this. I mean I can't go into details right now about all of it, but it's it's distressing to see that like the highest profile people acting so badly when I do know I mean like I am heartened by knowing that behind the scenes the people who are actually doing the work are the ones that are actually know what they're doing and have the best interests of the public at heart. So I do, I do take solace in that (laughs) is what I'll say. I mean, it's a start. start. (laughs) Um, Right. You know, I think, I think ideally you want more than just kind of having the people in the room to tell the more powerful people what should be done and hoping that they listen, but you know, (laughs) you're hoping there's an adult in the room. Yep. Well, yeah. Yep. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So the one, the one piece of baseball news that actually has happened, besides coming up with various um, plans that vary in their level of badness um, uh, about a shortened season, is that the Red Sox punishment was actually handed down from their, um, you know, form of the cheating scandal obviously the Astros got the bulk of the press and all of the uh subsequent fallout went down pre-COVID um and the Red Sox kind of got got the back end post-COVID punishment um that was sort of an afterthought amidst everything else and how could it not be because like it's on one hand you think you you should be angry about this Red Sox thing, but on the other hand, it's like, how can you muster up the sufficient rage when everything else is going on right now? So, but that did happen, and Ginny, you wrote about it <laughs> for Baseball's Prospectus. So what was kind of going through your head while writing about it, and what, what did you think of the whole Red Sox uh, punishment and scandal? Uh, so I think... You know, I think, as has been pointed out by pretty much anyone, it's very obviously that they were MLB's view is that the Red Sox were, you know, orders of magnitude below the Astros' is offense. And I think, you know, I think that that's that's something that it's, you know, that's something that we would have had this season to see how fans, whether or not fans agreed with that, and. 
for the time being, we don't. So my my read was that MLB is just kind of hoping that this is the end of that whole book, that we won't get the Astros thing, we won't get the Red Sox thing, that they'll just hope everyone is happy to have baseball back when baseball's back. Yeah. So, like, they kept hinting, like, we're doing a thorough investigation. Um, you know, they seemed to be hinting that, like, they were going to get severely punished, or at least Cora was going to get severely punished because this was going to be his second offense or the Red Sox second offense. So it seemed like they were building up to it. And then it was just a big dud. And so then that's what it kind of felt like. Like, it, it was a letdown because they kept hinting. So did they purposely wait and drop it at a time when they knew? Like, did they know beforehand? Like, did they know in spring training this was what the punishment was going to be? And then, you know, they just got sidetracked. But I don't know, because it yeah. did seem like they wanted to punish Cora more than they did. And then they only punished him for his actions with Houston and not with Boston. And I don't know how that makes sense. <laughs> Well, to say a couple things in MLB's defense, I guess, that doesn't sound, doesn't feel great to say, but um, <laughs> I, you know, it, it's a lot more difficult, in fact, impossible to prove a negative than it is to prove a positive. You can't, you can't, you can't prove that Alex Cora and the rest of the Red Sox, other than their video room operator, weren't cheating. You can only prove what you can. So if you're, if you're trying to exonerate specific people, as I think some people, you know, I, I think that's one way you could read this. Uh, you know, I think that it was very clear to stress that Alex Cora was not one of the people, you know, affiliated with this, that the front office was all of that. I think that if you're going to such lengths to do all that, it, you know, it's, it's more difficult than it is to, you know, when there's literally anyone can go turn on an old MLB game from 2017 and just hear the Astros. So, mm-hmm. In that sense, it makes it makes some sense that it was more difficult. But right, yeah, I think the messaging was pretty muddled here. Which MLB, what? But um, <laughs> so I just, you know, I think that it's pretty clear though that MLB has lost a good deal of faith uh, of faith uh, from the public in this matter. And you know, I it's difficult to know in the present because everyone, you know, there's not you know, it's, it's, you're not getting, I don't know, it's, it's hard to gauge right now, because everyone has other things to, to be mad about. There's no baseball games that people can bring their funny signs to. Um, it's hard to know how the public feels. But it's, it's also kind of hard for me to believe that if we get baseball back, uh, you know, whenever we get baseball back, when you know, we'll come back at some point, whenever we get baseball back, are people really going to just be okay? I, I don't know. I think people can, at the same time, hold feelings of happiness that baseball is back and feelings of anger at those dirty cheating Astros, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. People are complex. And I don't know. It seems very hopeful to just assume that this will be over with. But, you know, maybe that's the wrong read. Maybe that wasn't what MLB was going for by dropping this in at... Um, 3.30 p.m. on a Thursday afternoon on day 45 of pandemic. For me, I think it'll be even worse if there's no baseball this year 
and Cora Hinch and Lunau can just go back to their jobs. Like, were they even really suspended at that point? Because everybody <laughs> kind of was. Like, there was no baseball. So why is their suspension still in effect for this year? Right. Why not at this point just say, all right, Jose Altuve, all you guys, you're suspended for 40 games. Yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, like, it could be worse if, like, because then basically they weren't punished. Well, yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, if they said that now, right, 40, 40 games that are not happening, right, and that's the same thing. So I don't know. I think it's, I think that it'll be really interesting to see whether any of those people are welcomed back with, you know, welcome back to GM or managerial or any kind of front office positions. Uh, I, it's hard to even say over the winter, whenever, uh whenever the next off season is. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that, yeah. It, and I think that kind of the difficulty here is that it's just hard to even think of how does this, how does this translate to three months from now, six months from now? And yeah, there's a lot of ways that you can point out that, but, you know, point out that this is a lesson punishment and stuff like that. But I think that the question is, you know, you know, I think the question is whether people will, whether people care now and whether that's going to build or simmer or kind of taper off in the intervening months. I think Season. coming at this from a Mets fan perspective, like, I think what's frustrating about what Linda mentioned about how all these men can just go back to their positions if they, if they are if they are welcomed back if it's if they're not outcasts after this which they might be but um if they are allowed to just resume their positions or different positions with other organizations um from a Mets fan perspective that's extra frustrating because we lost our manager and that's not being undone by this no um like Carlos Beltran was never suspended, but he's not going to be the Mets manager. It's not like all of a sudden, just because the season was lost, the Mets are going to be like, all right, Luis Rojas, you're not the manager. We're going to make Beltran the manager now again. <laughs> like, yes, that's not forward eight months to this clip being posted all over Twitter when this exact thing happens. <laughs> oh, I, will, I will be owned. <laughs> I will slowly transform into a corn cob. <laughs> But if that does happen, then technically Beltran was the only one who's punished. Out of yep. the whole scandal, Beltran will be the only one who's been punished. Yep. And I'm not saying, like, again, like, I was actually, like, at the time, I was on the pro, like, Beltran and the Mets should part ways train. And I... It's the right call. And I agree still that it was the right decision, but it will be... It will be a bitter pill to swallow if the Mets are really actually the only organization that was punished by this. It's always the Mets. Why? <laughs> Come something on. we weren't even wrapped up in. Yep. They're the only one who gets punished. Stumbled ass backwards into the largest cheating scandal the game has ever seen, <laughs> as usual. Just didn't even benefit from the cheating, but still nope. suffered the consequences of the cheating. You know. As you as you do. Um, speaking of the Mets, um, Ginny, since this is a uh, Mets podcast, we wanted to know if you had any takes on a J Rod Mets ownership group and the potential for that. Um, 
are the Wilpons, I, I don't know, are the Wilpons really ever going to stop owning the Mets? It, it, it feels like now, um, as much as ever, we need, uh, you know, we need foundations. And I think maybe for now, that's the foundation that I'm going to stick to is that the Wilpons are just going to own the Mets forever. Oh, the <laughs> one constant. Say, we need hope in these dark times. <laughs> I'm, you know, you have to find your footing somewhere. Oh, I don't know. The a sale of the Mets <laughs> simultaneously feels less real and more real right. than yeah. it did yeah. before. Like less imminent and more imminent. It's so hard to say because, like, it feels less imminent because, like, a I know that they're that they're saying they're building this like team together to try to buy the Mets. Like, of course they're saying that, but like, who really wants to buy a sports team in this environment? A um and b like like you said Ginny like will the Mets will the Wilpons ever actually relinquish the Mets but also like I really do believe that they were they were already in serious financial trouble and this obviously the baseball season not happening or happening in a you know severely reduced way is a hit is hitting them while they're down um so they were already trying to sell the team and now there's no baseball for them to have profit off of. So what are they doing? I don't know. I and they're no still pulling their old tricks too. Like, we'll sell to you, but we still want control. What? Of SNY. Of SNY. Yes, the part that true. makes money. <laughs> yeah. So I do have one thing here I want to talk about, actually. Um, so if, if J-Lo is part owner of the Mets... What do you think is done with Mrs. Met? Mm. Good question. But I hadn't considered that. Do they add more sex appeal? Do they try to stop doing that thing, which they are definitely trying to do with the current version of Mrs. Met? Um... <laughs> <laughs> it is weird. It, it is, is weird. Like, yeah, it's, Mr. It's, Met. It's, it's weird, fine. yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Met is a very weird thing. I I will defend like Mr. Met to the death. Yes. I know that yes. lots of people are creeped out by him. I get it. Like uh what's uh, like the freaking Nats announcers love to talk about how much they hate Mr. Met all the time. It's Ugh. it's like one of their favorite recurring topics since they can't come up with original ideas to talk about on their broadcast. Um so it's like their favorite thing is to talk about how creepy Mr. Met is. And I'm like, listen, get out. <laughs> but Mrs. Like, Met is weird. Mr. Met is creepy. But the updated version is adorable. It's awesome. But yeah, Mrs. Met, well, at least the way that they've tried to make her a thing is weird. Um, I swear, I remember going to a game at Shea and there was a baby Met. Oh, my God. I swear I, I remember this. like that. That's, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> I remember them like, they were all sitting in a car on the Shea Stadium field. And uh, listeners, does anybody else remember this? Please tell me because I want to know. I'm not going crazy. I swear there was a baby Met at one point. Maybe it was just for like Mother's Day or something, like a special occasion. Sounds like but, nightmare fuel. Go but ahead and yeah. tweet those pictures anyone's way but mine. Yeah, tweet them at Anyone's Linda. Them okay, fine. Tweet I'll take baby Met pictures at Linda, everyone. At Linda you can Servant. send them to Linda, just not me. Okay. DM them to Linda. I, do yeah, I do won't follow at Jenny Searle, just don't send me pictures of the baby Met. <laughs> 
I won't retweet them. I'll keep them <laughs> off the timeline. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they're gonna try to like, yeah, like make Mrs. Met more of a thing and do like J Lo M- Mrs. Met joint appearances. <laughs> yeah, like like at the seventh inning, okay, will she do like a performance? Like the seventh inning stretch? Oh no! <laughs> like a Super Bowl halftime show, but with like Mrs. Met. Yeah, right, yeah. I, I, no, I, I'm with you. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I also have this like ever since like I first heard the A Rod might buy the Mets rumor. I have this like mental image in my head of like of A Rod in the booth by himself interviewing himself about owning the Mets because that's like definitely <laughs> the thing that would happen. Like him, like like him, like um, doing play by play on the game or like color commentary, and then being like, "So, Alex, what uh, what are the Mets up to these days?" Well, yes, Alex, I like I just have this image of him like interviewing himself. I mean, it does. The one thing I will say about Alex Rodriguez is you have to, I think, applaud him for kind of actualize. He he spent his entire career wanting a player he could play in the shadow of. He went to New York and did not get it in Derek Jeter and got pilloried for it, mm-hmm. for never being the star that he wanted Derek Jeter to be. And now he gets to be the moon to Jayla's son. It's really beautiful, I think. It's true. Well, and also, I kind of like the idea of a Jeter A-Rod rivalry again with him owning the Marlins. I think that could be fine. <laughs> Let's just hope that he doesn't subscribe to the uh, Derek Jeter mo- model of owning a baseball team. Well, you yeah, know that will be could have a bald rival. Yeah, true. True, true. Oh, boy. Now, now I can't stop thinking about baby men and it's creepy me and I don't like it at all. I would like baby men. I would like to banish these images from my mind. So I swear it was a thing. They I believe you. Be somewhere. And it was I definitely remember them in a car too. I believe you. <laughs> so in order to um banish these images to my from my mind um we're gonna end the show like we always do every week with walk-off wins where each of us talks about what's making us happy this week baseball related or otherwise and please don't talk about baby men <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> Ginny Searle what is your walk-off win okay um have either of you guys heard of the band 100 Gex? I have no. Uh, 100 Gex, that's G-E-C-S, like geckos, I believe. Um, oh. And they're um, a, I think experimental is probably the right word, um, duo. And they had a, I was supposed to see them in May, and that obviously is not happening. Um, but they had, they hosted last week a um, virtual concert in minecraft amazing wow and i attended that and i i genuinely it was like the first experience that i've had in lockdown that's like just felt like i was in a place that's it was really, really cool, cool. That is yeah cool. and it was like very like there was like you know everyone you know there was like a mosh pit all of that oh wow still creepers though there were um unfortunately but yeah, it's it like it's a cross section of like you know gamers and people that are you know s- like I guess seriously into the band. So I can imagine that there might be a few questionable people. <laughs> well, I have oh, to give I, people well, credit. In- no, go I- ahead. 
Oh, um, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I was going oh, to say, no, I was just saying, oh no, creepers in Minecraft, creepers in Minecraft are like one of the enemies that blow up. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. So that both. makes more sense. I'm sure they were both, but it, it felt to me a very wholesome experience. That's okay. Good. That's good. I'm, I didn't read the comments though, so I'm sure it was not that way. <laughs> Never read the there comments. There were two kinds of creepers. <laughs> but I have to give people credit, like artists and things. Like people are coming up with really creative ways to keep people engaged and um, still reach their audiences. So that's that's really cool. Yeah, that yeah. is really uh, cool. not MLB. Well, unfortunately, no. But, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, people besides MLB. We'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, for real. I um, yeah, I, I I'm supposed to. So I was supposed to go. I, unclear, like I, it's not officially canceled or postponed yet. But um, I was supposed to go to like my ultimate dream concert um in August. Green Day, Weezer, and Fall Out Boy are playing City oh, Field. That's right. That's cool. I did I, not know that. And so a bunch of us, it's called the Hella Mega Tour, um, and a bunch of us from Amazing Avenue have tickets to it, to Green Day, Weezer, and Fall Out Boy at City Field, which is, like, m- like my high school, like, dream is to, like, those three bands are, like, three of my favorites. And so I was so hyped for it. Um, but yeah, August 22nd, that's feeling, like, less and less likely, too. Um, they haven't officially postponed it, but I have a feeling it's coming um so yeah that's sad but green day and other bands have also been you know doing like you know live stream jam sessions and stuff like that so it's been nice to see artists and creatives you know be able to keep people entertained during this time linda what is your walk-off win for this week uh my walk-off win is actually nice weather (laughs) like i know like you know, I'm t- I'm still too scared to go anywhere. Um, but, like even just going to the grocery store, I start getting like really nervous and panicky. So I just try to avoid that altogether. And um, so I just go for drives. Like I'm like, you know, I don't drive to work anymore, so it's not like I'm wasting gas. Like if anything, I'm saving gas, so I don't feel guilty just going for a drive and. It just nothing lightens your mood, like rolling down the windows, wind in your hair, got your tunes on, you're singing along. And, you know, it just it was like a weight lifted just doing that and being able to do that and just seeing the sun. And, you know, like we were talking before we started recording how from November on, it was just like months and months of blah like there was no winter no spring it was just cold rain cloudy every day so like you know just being inside all the time and for you know just because of the rain and because you have to be inside so it just it gets wearing on you after a while so you know the breath of fresh air was you know i think I appreciated it more than I normally would just because of the double whammy of bad weather and having to be stuck inside. So hopefully it stays spring now. So fingers crossed that, you know, we finally turned the corner, at least weather wise. And, you know, you can go for a walk in your backyard and enjoy it a little bit. So that's my walk off win. I agree with you. 
I I try to go for a walk every day, even when it's crappy. It's like shorter when the weather's crappy, but I try to just at least like exit my house every day in a socially distant manner, um, just so that I get some sun and some vitamin D because yeah, I go a little insane. Um, but yeah, it's it's been crappy outside, and I'm a person that like I really hate 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 winter time, and I have like seasonal depression, so <laughs> I like. What like part of it and part of it is legitimately like the that it's the off season of baseball too, so that compounds yeah. it. So like I hate cold weather and I hate not baseball. And so like during winter I'm like the most miserable person to be around and every other season I'm like a really great bubbly person to be around. <laughs> um I like to think I'm delightful <laughs> during the warm months of the year. <laughs> um so yeah so i i feel you linda now there's not there's not baseball season to like pull me out of my winter like crappy self and but at least hopefully there will be nice weather but it's also the nice weather is also kind of a double-edged sword because then you're outside and you're like this is perfect baseball weather and then you're like there's no baseball (laughs) yeah and it's more torturous that we have to stay inside most of the time the weather is nice yeah Um, but you know I th- I think I still think I would rather have that than yeah oh definitely water. than the alternative. That's just me. Um, so my walk off win is that I had a dog at my house over the weekend. <laughs> Doggy, Aww. yeah. I've been really really jealous of like so as a person that had a dog for six years when I lived in Baltimore and now that I've moved back to Jersey and I don't have my dog here like it's been torturous seeing like all of people's like I mean I still don't get me wrong I still love to look at people's pet pictures because who doesn't (laughs) but it's it's been a form of torture though because like I get really jealous that people get to spend their quarantine with animals and I don't and I get really sad because I miss having a dog and I just keep thinking about how much better it would be to be stuck inside if I had a dog um and so um Michael brought his mother's dog when he came over the weekend um to visit and so I got to temporarily have a dog and that was nice her name's Java she's a very good girl oh Um, she's so cute yeah uh so I it was nice to just like have like dog snuggles for the weekend temporarily um so, yeah, and obviously, like, I, I I visited Java, like, all the time pre-COVID. Like, Java would come here, I would go there, see her, and stuff like that, and obviously that hasn't happened, really. Um, so it was the first time, especially since Michael's mother was, like, officially cleared um, of any, you know, she tested negative for COVID, and she's not sick anymore. And so it was nice that um, I was able to see the dog again. So I had missed that. So I missed oh. having a dog around. So I'm happy that. I Although I, I don't want to be a stereotype because I'm a librarian with a cat. But today is Jakey's birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, oh, Jakey! Oh, <laughs> Jakey turns four today. Oh, Happy birthday, Jakey! <laughs> Named after Jacob Degrom, of course. He is. He is. I oh. do not deny that one at all. <laughs> J- Jakey after Jacob Degrom, and even though he's not officially named Joey Katz, he's named Joey Katz. Yes. Yeah. Those are my two cats, Jake and Joey Katz. <laughs> Did um, you go with Jakey because you were concerned that people might still have a Twilight um, association? rather than jacob oh kind of 
Um, yeah, because so, yeah, there's still the team Jacob, and you know, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. the accurate one. The yeah, the right one. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> but I just, you know, like just saying Jake to him, it just didn't sound right when I would call him. So it just morphed into into Jakey. I get it. I I realize it's a very personal question about why you named your dog that, but I I was struck. Yeah. No, no. Because what originally happened was my sister found him in her backyard, and um, that's how all cats are found. Yeah, and yeah, her and my dog. I know he's a cat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Um, and my niece was, I think, two. She was she was young at the time, so. Uh, both of our older cats had died, so it was the first time in my life that I didn't have a cat, and it was driving me crazy. Like there's there's a hole in the house. I need I need another little fuzzy creature, and so then in she walks with the cat carrier, and there's this little tiny like ball of fluff in the in the carrier, and then my niece goes and she goes, I think baby kitty wants to do a puzzle, and she sits down in front of the carrier and starts doing a puzzle. I'm like, oh great, I have these memories. I'm like, I can't give up this kitten now. It was a day that Noah Syndergaard had pitched. So, I was thinking of naming him Loki because of the god of mischief. Yeah. So, and it was the day Thor pitched and Noah Syndergaard pitched, so it was kind of leaning towards Loki, but I was like, my love for DeGrom just kind of won out, so he became Jakey. <laughs> so I, didn't, I didn't know his origin story before today, and now I know. Yeah. Yep, so that's Jakey's origin story. Yeah, but we got him in June. I remember, yeah, it was the day they they beat the Royals. It was a day game in 2016. So, oh, I remember that game. Yeah, and Noah Syndergaard pitched, and he pitched well. And yeah, then I didn't realize I would be getting a cat that night, but there it goes. <laughs> Um, gauging life events off of what happened um in baseball that day is yeah, very relatable i do that <laughs> it's effective yes it is it's it how is. my dad literally remembers everything like he's like an encyclopedia he'll be like oh yes the date of so-and-so's wedding was the day that doc gooden pitched and he <laughs> shut out the you know whatever team they played against I, I, it's it's incredible how he can do it he's way better at it than me um, <laughs> but it's effective i agree um so yeah that does it for the show this week um as I, men- as I mentioned near the top of the show, um, you can go to AmazingAvenue.com, check out all of our fantastic content. We still have things going on. We're checking in with the community, making sure everybody's doing okay. As we as we were recording this evening, we uh, the rest of the Amazing Avenue community was doing another um, old Mets game live stream and chat. Um, and I think Ted Berg joined the group Uh not sure if that's over yet, but you can you may still be able to to join. By the time you hear this, you won't be able to. But we're going to keep doing them. Um, I think there are plans to have uh, Ty Kelly, Josh Satin, or both join us for future live streams. So stay tuned for that. Um, in the meantime, you can follow Amazing Avenue on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Amazing Avenue. You can follow the show on Twitter at A Pod of Their Own. Ginny Searle, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, so you can subscribe to Baseball Prospectus and read my work there, or you can follow me on Twitter, where I have not gone on much recently, um, at Jenny Searle. 
So follow Ginny on Twitter, read her work on Baseball Prospectus. It's fantastic. BP, you should still subscribe to BP. Even though there's no baseball, they're still putting out fantastic content. Well worth the We're price. We're doing lots of content. We have a free series, if you don't mind me promoing really quickly. We of have a free series right now that you don't need a subscription for that there are 42 minor league teams, as you, as you guys are certainly aware, as most listeners are probably aware, that uh, Major League Baseball has proposed cutting from affiliated status and putting put you know putting into severe jeopardy their existence um and we have the too far from town series which is ongoing i think we're probably coming in around 10 entries now uh and has original prose artwork and music for each of those 42 teams and every entry is one team that's amazing. That's awesome. My family and I were just talking about it was it was a sad conversation because we were talking about because my brother lives in um, in Burlington, Vermont. Um, and we were talking about how we had plans to visit him this summer. And we were talking about like originally we were going to visit him in June. And now we're not sure if it's going to be June or later than that. But we were talking about what we're going to do when we get when we go up there. And like our original plan was to go to a Lake Monsters game. But now obviously, A, there might not be a minor league baseball season at all. And B, the Lake Monsters monsters like might not even exist in the near future (laughs) which is really sad so yes this affects communities um and you know i i I wrote i actually wrote a piece for baseball prospectus not too long ago in the before times um i i should have mentioned that also yes (laughs) about about um you know the 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 fact that this affects communities and primarily rural communities, um, and the negative impact that it has, and how it makes us more polarized than ever um, between r- rural communities and urban communities. Um, so you know, it's just another example of that. Um, so yeah, uh, so you should check out that series on Baseball Perspectives, absolutely, and all of their fantastic content that they are doing. Um, you can also follow um, each of our co-hosts on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? I'm at Linda Servage, and you can send me the baby Matt pictures and not Jimmy. <laughs> Don't send Ginny. Send them <laughs> not to Linda. Jimmy. DM them to Linda. Um, and you can follow Maggie Wigan at Maggie162. The original intro and outro to this podcast is by Bunga. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate and review the show. It really helps. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in podcasting.